Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to The Delicious Podcast with me, Jilly Smith. And this week, we're learning how to cook like Ramael Scully. Scully, as he's known, grew up in Malaysia and Sydney with a mixed heritage of Chinese, Indian, Irish and Balinese before becoming Ottolinghi's head chef at Nopi in London. I joined him at his fusion restaurant, also named Scully, in London's St James's Market, where he was preparing a staff lunch of salmon in soy, garlic and ginger sauce. I asked him how his background influences his flavours. If you look at what Malaysians are all about, we are a very mixed culture people. And, you know, between the Malays, the Chinese, the Indians, we all, like, mix those cuisines um, in, in, in one place. Um, if you ever go, to, like, after Ramadan, the, the Malays do this wicked curry called the rendang. Or some, some, some Indonesians will claim it is theirs. It's a big war. It's always a big war about who claims the rendang. But then they do a wicked curry like that. And then even the Chinese do a little twist in their curries. And then you notice the Japanese has their own style of curries too, you know, the katsus and that. So it's really cool. You know, every, every culture has got their own little style. But, and what we do here is very really fusion. You know, I know it's a bad word for some people, but it does work if you do it right. And so we're here. Yeah. Right. So what are we doing today? So we're going to do some seared salmon. Um, and we're going to make a sauce with uh, shallots, Thai shallots. So Thai shallots is very peppery. Um, a little bit of sautéed ginger, garlic, um, dry shrimps, a little bit of sweet soy sauce, light soy sauce, and a little bit of stock. And just basically reduce it down and use the good old corn flour just to thicken the sauce. You know, very, very simple. Easy. Yeah, and then exactly. And then my my other sous chef is going to just do some boiled rice first, and my other sous chef is going to yeah. just do some stir fry broccoli and even some bok choy inside because we all need some greens and you know. We do. All right, so fabulous. Uh, chef, I need sesame oil, please. So you're putting loads in here, much more than I would use for my family because you're you know, you know what? how I, many people? I, I have this rule, like you know, when you when you cook staff lunch, it's like home cooking. You know, I I just cook. Up, you know, it's about it's about ten of us, and you know, some of my staff can eat more than for for one person basically. <laughs> so um, I just feel like you know, staff lunch is using your leftovers. Like you, sometimes when you come home, you got to feed your kids. You know, you're in a rush. You go through your fridge, you go through your pantry. So, you know, it's all come down to smart cooking all in one pot because we all hate washing up, I know that. And I, this is what the whole thing is, is like making what, the sauce in one pot and another pan just to, to pan fry your salmon or you can even put it in the oven. Um, but I do like a crispy skin on my salmon. I think most of us do. Yeah, yeah. 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 I like to mix up a little bit of vetro because sesame can burn really fast. Mm-hmm. I know it may look like a, a lot of oil, but I always find... Um, this kind of sauces, you need a little bit of oil to, to keep that moist, and um, when you glaze it up with the with the fish or your meat, it preserves it. And you can actually make this sauce the next, you know, for the next day and the next day, so it lasts a bit 
for a couple of days in the fridge. Alright. So warm up your little bit of sesame oil, red joy, and you've got your shallots there. And you can use white onions or red onions. There's no rules, you know what I mean? So and I prefer the Thai shallot because we use an abundance of Thai shallots in, in our kitchen. So it gives that nice peppery note. And I always have this trick, you put a bit of pinch of salt just to soften up while you're cooking. So you don't have to burn your onions or your shallot. It's a pinch. That wasn't a pinch, you know, it was a scully pinch. <laughs> We've just been talking, Scully, about, you know, food trends in 2019. And, mm -hmm. you know, we both agree that veganism is kind of a good influence. You're doing quite a lot of vegan stuff. Well, I, I try to. I like what I, what I do. I don't, when I do create a vegan dish, I don't try to, like, go for the vegan side. What I'm doing, create a great vegetarian dish. And then start opening your mind. If you took one element out or substitute for another element doing service, you can make a great vegan dish. So one of the things we, we do, because um, it's, uh, it's winter time, I always find you need a great slaw. And, um, you know, working for Ottolinga many years, there's always been a slaw on the, on, the, on, the, on the dessert bar. So I thought this year I'll make my own version, but using um, Engevita, uh, natural yeast flakes. Um, and I, I used to be very fascinated about five years ago. And, I didn't know how to use it because too much Engevita on a wet pasta can be really um, muggy in your mouth, like very cluggy. So we started toasting the natural yeast flakes and then putting it into a blender with a bit of garlic, uh, tamari gluten-free soy sauce, a little bit of cider or apple vinegar, and then emulsify with olive oil. And then we get this really nice umami. It feels a bit like roast chicken dressing. You know, you, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and it's full vegan. And then... If you want to take the next step further, you know, sometimes we have a lot of parmesan rinds in your freezer now. Make parmesan oil, and then instead of using olive oil, you can actually emulsify with parmesan oil. It wouldn't be a vegan, but, you know, yeah. taking the next level. But, so. but the point is that the, you're very creative in the moment, aren't you? You're using waste to, to influence you, but also yeah. vegan needs. To, to create completely new dishes. Yeah, because you can't understand, like, if you, look, if you look back five years ago, when, you know, vegan food's always been around, but I always felt that it always wasn't seasoned right, or under-seasoned, it had no finesse. It just always felt like a couple would come in, one is a, a meat and fish eater, another one is a vegetarian, it, and it didn't have enough choices for, for a restaurant. You, the, the good old days, I remember uh, in the 90s, it was always a mixed-leaf salad, a risotto, a tart, or some kind of pastry. You know, and I think these days are gone, and I think the movement now, it's you know, really using the vegetable but making it interesting, using other ingredients to make it fun. Yeah, and I yeah. would have thought that the Instagram would have been a, a real influence on that one as well, because everybody loves to photograph their yeah, food. Everyone loves And a vegetable is going to be so much more interesting to photograph than pastry, isn't yeah. it? Well, you know, like you know, vegetables are a tricky thing because, you know, like you get it fresh, you've got to learn how to use them that day. Vegetables don't last long, you know, forever in the fridge, so you've got to learn how to. You know, pickle it, ferment it, brine it. And one tip I can give you to you, if you're ever at home, if you go through your fridge right now and you see some wilted, wilted rocket leaves or baby jam or iceberg, get a, get some water, a little couple of pinches of salt and soak your lettuce leaves, your rocket leaves or like, I'll give you an example, kohlrabi came in today, the, the leaves were on top were so beautiful. I basically put it in salt brine and it will last a, about a week and the salt brine will keep it so crispy that you don't that keeps that chlorophyll in the leaves so i'll use it as a special uh, tomorrow on a on a fish dish with the kohlrabi leaves but what i'm saying is this i think we, yeah we, we forgetting a little things being even though being a non-vegetarian non that you forget that little things about how to preserve things with 
you know, with leaves yeah. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Beautiful. How are the uh, shallots doing? Right, so shallots are nice and soft and transparent. That pinch of salt helped it just to soften up faster. So then I'm going to put some... Uh, look, we all love garlic, you know. There's nothing wrong with garlic. Garlic is the best thing. Yeah. Ginger is one of my favorite things too. And think about it, guys. This is not rocket science. It's home cooking. You know, cooking fast stuff. It needs to be delicious. you cook at home? Yes, when I do have time. Are you ever at home? <laughs> not really in these days. <laughs> I actually brought my, my pots from home to the restaurant because I don't hardly cook at home anymore. It's a bit sad, isn't it? And you told me that actually when you do go home, you, you read recipes yes. until 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, last night I was, uh, I was in a dessert heaven last night. Uh, the plan was to go home, get some beauty sleep so I can come and have this great meet, um, conversation with you today. Uh, I'm actually really high in coffee to keep going today, but um, I just got into it. I just started... Um, um, I still got into licorice, and like I, 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 I'm not a big fan of licorice, but uh, one of my pastry chefs who worked with me before mentioned that I used to do a really great licorice cake, and I got inspired by by a chef that I used to work in Australia, and I, I know in in Great Britain licorice is uh, one of his favorite things as a kid. You know, you grew up with a lot of licorice, you know. Um, in Asia, no licorice is not around, but I'm, I, I, I make a nice like a fudge. You know, everyone loves a good fudgy cake. So licorice, um, I make, um, so I dilute it with a bit of water, and you make this ultimate cake with stem ginger. And I was thinking, because right now I'm using burrata on the menu, and you know when you open the burrata packet, you get that wave. And you know, it's not fun throwing it out. Keep it. You can actually use that to um, to preserve your vegetables too, like broccoli stems, or we do in the kitchen here. Um, but what we do, um, I'm going to reduce it down with a bit of sugar and make whey caramel. So instead of like you know using more cream or milk, I'm just using the water of the whey. After baking the the licorice cake, we're going to base the caramel on top and get a nice shine on it and and serve it with some quince that I poached last year um, in some syrup, in some cardamom syrup. I think we really work nice cardamom, licorice, stem, ginger, and I think just get the earthiness and the chocolatey part. So we're going to roast some buckwheat and we're going to make a malt barley ice cream. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So you, this, you'll get your ideas from all over the place. You get them from books, you get them from your childhood, you get them from the people around you. Yeah, talking to yeah. you right now, you may give me an idea by the time I finish this conversation. <laughs> I think that's the whole thing about food. Just like we, you know, when we sit, you know, when you ever cook a great dinner party, you just like get that, quiet, you know, get that certain 10, 20 minutes quietness. You know, you did a great job, but... I think the people around you, you know, if you're surrounded with great food, and you're always going to get inspiration everywhere you go, I yeah, guess. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So, well, we are on stage now. Have a smell. So, it's basically dried prawns you can buy. And then when you get dried prawns, store it in the freezer, and it will last for a good year or two. It wouldn't matter, okay? So, dried prawns, I just blitzed it in the, in the spice grinder. So and you, you can get these from Chinese supermarkets. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know what I mean? We, we basically... Saute the or saute the shallot, ginger, and garlic with a bit of sesame oil and veg oil. And always remember, guys, everyone, everyone panics when the pan starts sticking. Like really, like oh, yeah, it's burning. Like drink Look, man, the golden trick my mum used to say: add a bit of water. Everyone's scared to add water. You add the water into the pan, it deglazes the bottom of the pan, and it doesn't burn anymore. And then you don't have to. Add, some people add the oil. Well, you want to add more oil? Add, add some water. Just deglaze the pan, all right? And that's the trick that my mum always taught me. And then um, the next stage is light soy sauce. Um, I prefer light than using the, the the normal soy sauce or the dark soya, you can, which you can use too. And then we're going to bring out the boil. We're going to finish up with the sweet soya. That will thicken up the sauce and a little bit of the cornflour paste. 
and that's it, you know. And you're cooking it all very slowly. There's no boiling here. Well, normally I will I'll go crazy. I can cook it in less than ten minutes. It's oh, really? just We just have we're having a nice chit chat, and so I didn't want to burn yeah, as well. So. But in terms of flavour, it's not going to change it whether you do it slowly. Or no, but the one thing with soy sauce, I have this thing too. If you boil it too fast and reduce it too fast, what happens? You're going to reduce that salt content. It's going to get sickening and salt. So yeah, nice and simmer. I think when you get soy sauce, just simmering time. Yeah. Okay, that's what, that's what. I, and then if you're using um, dark soya too, dilute it with the water. Don't be shy, you know. I'll probably use water today instead of using stock, and it will still give a lot of flavor. Okay. And if you were to use a stock, what kind of stock would you use? I'd probably use a, a, a chicken stock. I think chicken, like, you know, a bit like a surf and turf thing. Chicken and fish works really nice. Or you just use veggie. In this kitchen, we have dashi stock. So you can use dashi, but then dashi is high in umami and salt content. So maybe too salty for this dish. You went to Sydney when you were a teenager. I was just 13, like 13, yeah, 14. My, yeah, yeah. It's harder for my sister because she was 16, and like 16, 17. So, you know, like teenager and then rebellious. And like, mom, how dare you take away? from all my friends and I'm like alright we're going for a trip so. well, you went to Australia probably at the best time yeah. in its food history yeah. or it was a melting pot of all I these still think I, I, I'm, the, I'm the generation that I started being a chef in the right time so by the time I got qualified by the time I started by the time at Yotam at age 24 you know even the food was still a bit slow it wasn't it still wasn't like uh, you know all these new things were happening in MasterChef and then around, around when I left for Moscow, all that stuff started happening. It started changing the younger generation about cooking now. I think I'm in the right time, you know, like that, you know, the, the people that I got taught. And when I was cooking in Australia, it, was a, it wasn't Australian chefs teaching younger Australians. It was British, uh, French, and a lot of uh, Europeans who were coming to Australia, migrating there to they can, they can have a better life for their family. It wasn't for those guys. I don't think so. The modern Australian chefs who are there now, it wasn't for those Europeans coming over to teach us. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't have anything. Well, you got, yeah. the, you got the sort of the French and the British discipline yeah, exactly. on this fantastic yeah. melting plot of all yeah. these different influences. Exactly. And we, I know, I got taught by, like, I got taught by um, Sir Sirs from Quebec, Canada, um, Xavier Mouche at ex Alan Ducasse, and he was so strict, like, really French. But it wasn't for his training. All that basics that I learned, I wouldn't be the man who I am now in cooking because he, he just, you know, gave me that fundamentals. Do you think that, I, I asked Yotam this question, that what happened in Sydney or Melbourne, you know, these, this confluence of, of fantastic ethnic diversity, bringing their food from home, food was all about yeah. identity. Yeah. We've got a really interesting capital city now here in London, yes, haven't we? Yotam yeah. said there isn't a food culture in London, there's just uh, a melting pot of, of different people's food identities. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there will be a capital cuisine here? Do you think there will be a kind of food that you could describe as London food? Oh, that's a tricky one. I, I think no. I think, you know, like you noticed in the last five to seven years in London, it's changed a lot. Food scene is much, much better. People in the States are talking, or people in the world are saying London is the, is the city to go to try new things and to explore new flavors. Um, the chefs I know, like I work with Josh Katz with Bourbon Q. He's trying to take Middle Eastern cooking and a little bit tweaking and barbecue. Um, who else I can say? Exactly, exactly. You know, um, Neil Campbell, uh, Atalangi's head chef from Roby Restaurant, he's taking vegetarian food with Atalangi and, and doing a spin on it. Uh, guys like me doing a bit of fusion. If we don't keep it up and teach the generation, then there's a problem in 10 years' time, 5, 10 years' time. 
But I noticed that in my opinion, in the last five years, a lot of chefs are going to Scandinavia cooking. Uh, learning how to use a lot more vegetables in their cooking, being more, it's a bit more simple, um, cut it cut through it in that way. So it's one thing I noticed it going on with the new movement of modern British cuisine. Yeah. It's coming a bit like the modern Scandinavian cooking. We're using more local produces. We're actually learning how to work with more local farmers. So that's a good thing, really good thing. Yeah, and you've um, just come back from Sweden. Yeah, I did. I was in Favikin, uh, Magnus Nielsen's restaurant, uh, one, of, one of a kind. Um, and... I never tasted scallop or king crab in my life since I went there. But he's just very simple. Get great produce, one or two elements. But the element could be a burnt cream. Whoever thought that you can burn cream and taste damn good? So you think about cream's got a lot of fat. So hot pan, pour a little bit of cream, burn it till you get a layer of skin, and then let it cool down, and then use the spoon to canal it. If you taste that burnt cream, you think about what burnt fat's all about. You get that bitterness, sweetness, and that, that you know that you know. So imagine that with a nice, rich poached king crab. So I've just noticed that it's a bit, it's a little bit salty. Um, maybe it was my heavy handed today with the salt when I put it in the first aid. Maybe I have a lot. You know, there's it, it, not another saying to like you know, chef's got too much love today, so you know, <laughs> seasoning is a bit too much. So I'm just putting a little bit of palm sugar because I got some, but you can use to use white sugar uh, or jaggery. It's another nice sugar. Uh, just to and it will just basically give a nice caramelization and balance the saltness that I'm doing right now. And I think I'm going to add is a bit of water and bring it to the boil, and then I'll start cooking the fish. And that's about it. And then we'll, we'll start eating in the next half an hour. All right. Mm, just simple. Just a really beautiful, simple mix of soy and salt. It's just under ten ingredients. Your time would be proud of me. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got his new book? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Simple. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, I, I, I ask him. I ask him. You must be the hardest thing you ever did in his career to cut down. And more. If you ever ask me to make a book called Simple, I'm like, no, <laughs> not going to happen in my career. <laughs> so the salmon is going to go and just sit in there and gently. Yeah. So like to be honest, like you know, today I'm feeling a bit. You know, I don't have time to pan fry. I'm just going to put it in the, in, the, in a tray. I'm going to put it in the hot oven. And I'm just gonna sprinkle the sauce on top. Okay. And uh, it's a type of sauce you can keep it the next day. Um, you can make a good stir fry with it. You have some prawns, even some vegetables, like broccolini, um, uh, asparagus, whatever you got. Some you grease. can freeze this, presumably. Yes, you can. You can. You can if you wanted to. Yeah. And some of these flavors do very well when they're frozen. Don't yeah, they? like you know, like a, a good curry. You know, yeah. it always plays better stir. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So I've just put it in the tray, bake the baking paper skin up and I didn't even season the fish because there's enough salt um, in the sauce so you don't really have to and I cooked it on 180 and it took about about 10 to 15 it depends how you like your salmon I like it a bit medium rare um, but the, always remember when you take something out of the oven it's still cooking and even when you put it on a plate it's still cooking so I, I did it for 12 minutes and that's all it is and um, and you're just going to put that on a bed of just plain yeah, rice so what we have here on the come over here so my sous chef here has made just some leftover chickpeas for our masala chickpeas, uh, chagro broccoli, um, and part of what? Macadamia, macadamia nuts and masala. All right, and then we got some rice on the side, and that's it. Home cooking. And you're gonna take some sauce, and maybe you can make another dish and teach me something different. All right. <laughs> so looking forward to that one. Thanks for listening to the Delicious Podcast. Next week I'll be back with Caroline Eden, author of one of the top food books of last year, The Black Sea. I'll see you then. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. 
My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, Fresh. 